boom. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. All, all, all those booms. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and on my left-hand side right now is my right-hand man, Gabriel. We got some old freaks that are victorious. All freaks are definitely victorious in this mobocracy, baby. <laughs> and today on Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Wax Mechanics, and they've got a new album called Mobocracy, which was released on November 20th via Electric Talon Records. Right now, I'm being joined by whom I'm told is Wax himself to share some more information about what he's got going on, about this release, and Wax, welcome to the show. Hey, John, thanks for having me. And you got a great assistant there, Gabriel, good job. Beautiful. Did, you, not- hear- Did you hear that, son? He said good job. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be- beautiful. Now, I, something, you said something really interesting, uh, which was you know trying to clear the noise through uh, you know independent record releases or... Um, I don't know. You, you're on Electric Talent Records. So I don't know if, if that counts as independent um, in in my mind, but it's good stuff. Uh, a good number of tracks. So I guess maybe maybe take us through that. What were your expectations for this release, and how has the release gone for you? Well, my expectation was that uh, uh, I didn't really have any, other than I was thrilled to be able to get my work out. And anybody that's doing this that talk to probably that's the first part that really thrills us is that we're able to at least continue to do what we do. You know, all the forces that are pressing down on people trying to do this. Electric Talon's been great. Uh, Steven Burdick and the gang there are really, uh, uh, really cool guys. And they're passionate and enthusiastic and open to all kinds of crazy things that, you know, artists want to do. So that's great. It's only been out since the 30th of, of November, so we're getting a couple of reviews in, and so far nobody's thrown rocks at me or called for my head, so I see that as a win-win. <laughs> well, yeah, and you, you, it says here that you've basically done the entire record uh, minus a couple of guest musicians, so is this something, and, and obviously it has a, it, I'm, I'm showing that it has to do with the parlance of our times, so is this a record that was only going to happen as a result of the way this year has gone, or was this a record you were going to make anyway? Well, it is, uh, you know, uh, to let the, the, you know, to pull, to pull the curtain back a bit, I started it uh, uh, probably in 2017 while, uh, you know, America was going, and the world were going through all these crazy changes due to changing governments. So uh, I was going to make it anyway, um, and what happened is, you know, time marches on, history piles up, and that obviously was influencing what I was doing. So as sideways as everything kind of feels for us, there was a lot of material fodder to reflect on. So without getting too pretentious about it, you know, uh, I was just kind of funneling it and putting it through my filter, and a little bit of new strangeness would happen, and, and it would end up coming out in the tunes as we were putting them down. Yeah, I mean, I, you funny you mentioned you know as as things come along. At what point did you say, okay, enough new stuff? <laughs> We're gonna cap it <laughs> off and and call it an album. Well, uh, songs are like shark's teeth, you know. There's a, there seems to be one behind the other, so it's one of those kinds of things that uh, uh, you really. I don't know who said it, but I'm stealing somebody's quote. Uh, you know, somebody said that's more creative and smarter than me. 
that you don't really finish songs, you kind of abandon them. So uh, it kind of <laughs> felt like that. Uh, we, uh, all joking aside, you know, we know the attention span of uh, most people now that are consuming this kind of this genre and and obviously, you know, the way that uh, music is consumed anymore. So we didn't want to put out, you know, a double album of things. So we wanted to keep it short. So I had written maybe a dozen or so songs around this particular theme and then uh, sat together with Electric Talon and my producers and the, the guys that were playing uh, on some of the tracks. And we all kind of decided, yeah, this is a good way to go. and We'll use these. And it sort of summed it up. So I was looking for something that summed up all the big points that I was thinking about that would make sense in this time and place in history, I guess. Yeah. I mean, was there a particular theme that you were looking for as re- regard to, because there's only, what is it, five songs? Yeah. No. Six. Six. Right. So, uh, you know, the idea was to sort of hold a mirror up to all this uh, craziness that's been going on in America specifically, since I'm an American, um, and sign, sort of uh, reflect that back to people. So uh, it felt like the whole thing was a bit of a mobocracy, uh, given the you know the social and political stuff that was going on around the world, specifically in the U.S. It was really pronounced, as you know. You guys are our neighbors, and <laughs> you're probably casting a cynical eye our way, and rightfully so, but... You know, the way we do things is messy, and uh, it really got messy there for a couple of years, and it'll probably get messy again, just the way we do things. So what I wanted to do was to basically make a record that was kind of of and for its time. Whether I achieved that or not, it's anybody else's, you know, I guess. Uh, I did the best I could with what I had where I was. Yeah. So uh, I good about it, yeah. So you've chatted with Canadians before, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I've got a bit of a Clark Kent gig as well, so uh, I've been I've been in and out of Canada a few times. You know, obviously before you know the, the pandemic, and I've always enjoyed enjoyed it. Um, uh, love Canadian folks, and um, I try not to be too much of a pain in the backside as an American when I'm there. <laughs> you probably just blend in. We don't even know. I try. My uh, my goal was always to become wallpaper wherever I am. Beautiful. Just say sorry a couple of times, and we'll believe that you're one of us. <laughs> my accent gives me away, so I try to keep my mouth shut too. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Now, um, I had a question loaded in the old noggin, and then it wasn't there anymore. So I'll have to uh, re rekindle myself here. So you guys, you said you've been writing the the album since 2017, which has given a couple of years, three years, um, to I, to do it. Why the six tracks? Did you have more songs and then decided to, um, what's it, was it uh, all killer, no filler? Is that is that what's going on with this record? <laughs> well, whether it's killer or not is, is anybody's guess. I, I, I sort of write them as they come and, you know, I've, Anybody that does it, a bit of a craftsman, so uh, I try to craft them so that they're not going to be filler. But uh, that said, uh, yeah, I had uh, written in excess of about a dozen songs uh, for this particular project and uh, started to record most of them and got, you know, uh, it was sort of an organic kind of thing. The, the ones that were that wanted attention that actually ended up on the record just kept coming up and we'd say, what are we working on? And then we'd you know, they would uh, rise to the surface. So um, there are, yeah, we've got other ones that are sort of 
still in the in the barrel, if you will, um, that we can we can obviously pull out. But but it was more of um, to hit the big points that I wanted to get across and keep it sort of brief and concise. I think is a better term. You know, we wanted to do something that wasn't 20 songs on the record. Uh, some people like to do that, and I may do that again. But at this point, it felt like this was long enough. And Electric Talon were like, yeah, this, this sort of says it. Let's do this. So uh, that's how we ended up with six. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of third-person singular there, some we. Uh, and there's also, <laughs> there's also some guest musicians. You mentioned some producers. Obviously, uh, Electric Talon has been... Uh, part of the part of the process as well. Uh, it looks like you've actually had some members from Crowbot, which is cool. Uh, dig us through that. What went into crafting the team, or how did the team come together uh, to produce Mobocracy? Well, first, the, the the most important aspect of this is uh, um, I want to make sure that this is really clear that um, I try to find people that are more talented than me and get out of their way. I'm for sure the weakest link in this particular chain because the people that I surround myself with are, are, are really good at what they do. So I really like that. I work well, even though I'm a solo kind of guy, uh, I, I work well with, with people like that. Um, specifically, uh, the guy who was, uh, who was helping me out in the studio, engineer producer, the guy named Electric, and he suffered through all the sessions. So I was recording, you know, I record in one studio with him and then we go to another one and, then we'd have some, some folks in to do it. I would do some guitar, drums, did all the vocals, did all the writing. I'd do percussion. But then some of the stuff needed more virtuosity than, than I could uh, muster up. So I asked some of my buddies to help out. So electric was the biggest component of this in terms of my, my partner. And uh, then we had a dude named Machine, who's a uh, relatively well-known producer, who's done stuff with like Lamb of God and Crobot and mm-hmm. uh, Clutch. So Machine did the mixing and some producing. So he was a huge component. So the, the, all the sounds were were really uh, obtained uh, through their expertise, electric and machine, uh, getting nose to nose. And I'd sit in the background and shut up and read the newspaper while they did their thing. <laughs> as far as the sessions, <laughs> so, you know, I get out of their way. Um, so they're, they're really, really good guys at what they do, really smart and, and talented people. Um and a cool hang as well. The uh, the musicians were really really good. I have a few friends. Uh, I, I have a bit of a history. I was a founding member of a, an American cult rock band called Nitro in the '80s, and um, one of the the fellows in the band with me, his name is John Hazel, an exceptionally good guitarist. So he and I uh, got together, and I asked him to be on it. So there's a tune on the record called Mad World that John and I wrote together, and he plays guitar and bass on it. So that was fun, and that's easy. Um, and he and I did that uh, at a couple of different studios. Uh, he worked, you know, with Pro Tools and Logic and all this kind of stuff. You can not be in the same room if you don't want to be. But John and I were in the same room quite a bit, so uh, he helped on that one. The way that I got um, Crowbot involved was was pretty organic. I, I knew of them and was a bit of a fan of theirs. And I'm in the Pennsylvania area as as, as they are, so. I sent him a howdy do, and we got to be friends, and uh, asked them to be on the record, and I was kind of shocked when they said yes. So, and they had the connection with Machine as well, so it was a bit of a family thing, if if I could stretch that a little bit. So, Brandon, who's the lead vocalist of Crowbot, uh, doing quite a bit of backing vocals, 
on the record, and he is just, you know, just breathtaking the way that he does what he does. Um, and Chris Bishop, who's the guitarist for Crowbot, he appears on three of the tracks, uh, All Freaks, uh, Victorious, and Black. So uh, that was great. They're, they're really cool guys, normal, down-to-earth, but just stunningly talented guys. So that was over a couple of sessions in Philadelphia, and they did some work with Machine in New Jersey. So uh, the wonders of technology. And I have a couple of other fellows that uh, help me with guitar work as well. You know, I, I hack along on rhythm guitar, and uh, uh, but I get out of the way of these guys who can really play exceptionally well. And one of those is a guy I've known for more than 30 years. His name is Tom Altman. He's a Philadelphia guitarist, and he's played on most of the record as well. Exceptionally good. And the last fellow is a guy named uh, Pops Sewell, guitarist and bassist. So it was it was fun to be able to have some other people uh, get involved. Uh, it was it was a bit like uh, you know I didn't I wasn't limited by guys in a band for that for lack of a better term. So <laughs> how do you really feel about being in a band? Yeah, no, I I did like it, <laughs> and I still do. You know, Nitro is still uh, still not as active as we used to be, but, um, we're still a, we're still a band, but that's a democracy for sure. So, uh, and we did a particular kind of thing. If you listen to the records that we did, um, and it was fun to be able to stretch out and do something different. Although what I do is still heavy rock. Uh, it's not that far away from what Nitro is doing, but, uh, I like the dictatorship. That's fun. <laughs> Democracy's a little more work. Is it as much work as a mobocracy? <laughs> well, you know what? A mobocracy is just a free-for-all, you know, and it's messy and it's destructive. And uh, so uh, the democracy that we had and still have in Nitro, is it, it's fun. So that serves a good, you know, one part of my brain. But uh, doing solo work uh, also uh, satisfies another part that when I want to be a dictator. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Now, uh, seemed to be a natural extension as to what I was trying to get across with the songs, and it, that's what it just seemed like to me. So it, that title occurred really early on, and it didn't change, and I figured, you know, if it wasn't going to fit, it would rear its ugly head and say, I'm out of here, and it never did. And I would check with the rest of the people I was working with, and I said, is this sort of summing up? And they were all saying, yeah, so that's why it is. Yeah, well, the minute that I saw the, the title, Mobocracy, I thought... I wonder if this has anything to do with what's going on in our current time. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I was just kind of uh, what the, the the great American twentieth century philosopher David Lee Roth said, uh, "I am the pond reflecting the oncoming stone." <laughs> Isn't that what Dave said? So I kind of felt like that. <laughs> Dave's a great philosopher, isn't he? He is now something that you'd mentioned was the wonders of technology um and i wanted to expand on that because i know we've chatted a little bit already about you know how this year has gone uh for you but that's something that i kind of wanted to to expand on a bit more is uh how did this whole team come together this year because i imagine quite a bit of it was done remotely yeah well uh we did have sessions together before covid and uh, uh, honestly, uh, stuff was like uh, uh, Brandon and, and Bishop uh, are willing to do stuff remotely. They have their own setups, and we would be sending files around. Uh, it's not the optimum way of doing it. Frankly, I'm kind of old school, and I like to get the same room, but, you know, you 
do the best you can with what you have where you are. And uh, so a lot of it was that. Um, you know, real drums were done in a real studio with real engineers. You know, my ham-handed way of approaching the kit is what you hear on the record. So um, it was it, it was easy before COVID, and it was a little rougher, but we had sort of oiled that machine of sending files around when we wanted to. You know, people were recording in different studios. Um, it sounds a little sort of... Uh, antiseptic and it really I thought it was going to be reflected in the music and I can't really hear it that much Uh, but uh, we did what we could with what we had okay well I mean it doesn't sound bad by any means you had an award-winning team Uh, I'm familiar with machines work mostly because we use Logic Pro a lot and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of popular uh, engineers and producers who also use Logic, which is an untrue statement, but Machine yeah. is one of the major proponents of using Logic over Pro Tools, which I personally enjoy because I hate Pro Tools. Yeah, we like to make <laughs> <laughs> Well, Gabe's going to probably get an endorsement from, from Logic then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, it's my understanding that, you know, uh, uh, some of the guys were, were using Pro Tools, some were using Logic. Um, I have to be honest with you, although I'm a technical guy, uh, I wanted to stay out of that, and it was good to hand all those things off and just focus on the creative part. So I really enjoyed that. You surround yourself with people that really know their way around the studio. Mm-hmm. It pretty nicely. And Electric and Machine did that for sure. Yeah. Now, since this is more of a solo thing, if this year weren't happening, like a devil's advocate question, if this year weren't happening, what would be the next plan? Would you be putting uh, some musicians together to go out on some kind of a tour? Absolutely. Uh, the idea was that, uh, you know, uh, put the record out, uh, tour, uh, write, rinse, and repeat. <laughs> So uh, that was the idea. And hopefully, you know, if all things go well, I've got all my fingers and toes crossed here. Um, If all things go well, maybe we get to do a little bit of that this summer, this coming summer. I'm hopeful. You know, we all hear what's going on with the vaccine news. And let's hope we can do that safely. If not, I'm in it for the long haul and we'll wait until that's ready. But, yeah, uh, the, the plan was to get the record finished and then do some gigs. Sure. Okay. So that was going to be my next question is, well, now what? So it sounds like you're comfortable, you know, touring probably in the summer-ish. Uh, for now, is it yeah. o- online streaming? Is it just doing things like this, interviews, uh, writing some new material, since there seems to be more new stuff happening every day? Uh, what What's kind of going on now behind the scenes? Well, uh, not doing any live gigs, obviously. I have to be honest with you. I have been... You know, when I when I get a chance, uh, if I'm in the city, I'll I'll busk a little bit, but just to keep my chops down. And there's not a lot of traffic in the city, and everybody's wearing a mask, so that's kind of weird. So I've busked a few times during COVID, but uh, no live gigs. Haven't been doing any live streaming. Uh, there's some discussion of that happening, but nothing concrete yet. Uh, I have to be honest with you, John. I'm always writing. You know, I said earlier, it's like shark's teeth. You know. I've been doing this for so long that there's always one in the pipeline and uh, continue to just write, uh, you know, got a half a dozen of them at various stages at the moment. <laughs> so uh, working on a new record now, actually, 
which is what a lot of people are doing with this downtime of COVID is uh, writing and recording. So I'm finishing up uh, a new record that I hope I have done in uh, sometime before summer 2021. Okay, and then you can tour on both records. You know, Ozzy Osbourne did it in the '80s, and I can do it now. <laughs> for those old, for those old folks, they 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 uh, did Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman before they came to America. That was a big plan of theirs to have two records in the can so that they could just tour constantly around America on two records. Okay, so, but I digress. <laughs> Beautiful. Now. These two tracks you wanted to chat about today, which are also singles, which have lyric videos, all freaks and victorious. I guess my question is, aside from, well, what are these tracks about specifically? Because especially anybody can read the lyrics, they can get an idea of that. Is out of the six tracks on the album, why these two? Well, uh, you know, there's the the practical side of it. Uh, it's a I see myself as a rock artist, so you know, putting the there's one tune on the. Uh, album is called Black, which is an acoustic kind of thing. So even though I like that one, it has a special place for me. We wanted to make a uh, a rock statement. So uh, I kind of liked them all, and I left it up to Electric Talent and said, what do you guys think? And they said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I like them all. So put any of them out that you like. What do you think will get uh, the best traction given the torrent of independent music that is released these days? How can we stick our head above the crowd? And uh, so I talked to those guys, and we all came to the conclusion that I uh, wanted something really aggressive and really in your face, and that sort of summed up the whole record in maybe one fell swoop if we only got one shot, and All Freaks was it. <laughs> you know, it's got the Russian element in it, it's got the aggressive guitars, it's Bishop is on there doing his thing, Brandon's on there. Um, and, you know, it, uh, lyrically it sort of encapsulated the whole thing, so that made a good statement. That's why we let off with that one. It was nice and aggressive. Okay, perfect. And Victorious? Well, that one is... Uh, uh, that one... Uh, we, we felt that, that it was at the other end of the spectrum. Uh, meaning that uh, even though you know I can go down the rabbit hole of the lyrics, they seem pretty pedestrian and typical, but there's a bit of a duality to it if you listen to it in the context of the whole record, which was great. So, uh, and wanted something a little different tempo to sort of uh, show that there's a little bit of scope here to this musically and thematically. So, uh, and it's just a fun song to, 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 to crank up to 11, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. When that mob is cranked up to 11, baby. <laughs> All right. To sort of howl and sing about, you know, um, kind of stuff that I'm interested in. I, I always like a bit of a hooky chorus, so that one had a relatively hooky chorus to it, and I was feeling it. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm kind of curious, and it uh, almost comes from maybe a, a, a satirical thing, because, you know, satire is supposed to be holding up a mirror to people in a comic sense to get them to realize the while of their ways. Uh, which, of course, never works. So I'm curious, <laughs> and in holding up a mirror for the craziness that's going on, particularly in the States, with this record, do you find that that's working? Do you find that you're getting any kind of reaction, or how is how is it being received so far? Well, one thing is for sure, um, I never underestimate anybody's ability to, to see nuance. Uh, I tried to put enough in there that would make it interesting, and uh, I was hopeful that people would see it 
uh, you know, the little bit of nuance and the holding up of the mirror. And the feedback that I'm getting so far, which, again, it's only been out, well, the singles have been out for a little while, but the, the whole record's only been out for about a week. Um, <clears throat> most of the the people are getting getting it. So I thought when I was putting it together that we're putting too much stuff in there. You know, it's too too many little twists and turns and nuances and, you know, just give them something to sing, a hokey chorus to sing. And so uh, <laughs> my instinct was, no, put it in there and trust that people are interested and bright and it's fun. I know that when, you know, and I'm not the brightest guy on the planet, but whenever I listen to records, I like that kind of stuff. I like those nuances. And, you know, there's some days I like just the hooky chorus and the, you know, turn it up to 11. But for the most part, I like to consume it that way. So I tried to make a record that I would be interested in. And I knew that people would, uh, that were interested in that kind of stuff, too, would respond to it. So in general, yes, they are getting it. They understand it. Victorious was a little more nuanced because on the surface it's a little pedestrian and you can take it that way so when i designed the song i wanted it to have a duality which was that you could just sing it along and take it at face value and you know it's a rah-rah kind of thing or you could look at it the way that it was intended which is ah oh, this is this is a little bit about uh people that obtain power how they wield it in a, ca in a casual sort of way and they don't respect it and that was what i was trying to illustrate so i got that you know when we put the video out we tried to uh, sort of uh, accentuate that part of it, and that really took. And the feedback I've been getting was, "Oh, that was yeah, that's what you're trying to do." So <laughs> it was positive for the most part. Yeah, win both ways. If you if you get it, you win, which is victorious. And if you get it the other way, then you really win, which is victorious. Right. So. And um, I didn't underestimate the audience. You know, I was just pleased that somebody was listening and. Uh, uh, the folks are bright, uh, so they, they got it. I mm -hmm. did the best I could. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Well, Wax, we've chatted, or, yeah. Wax, we've chatted about all freaks. We've chatted about Victorious. Lyric videos for both tracks are going to be available in today's show notes. So if you are currently listening on Spotify, Apple Music, somewhere on those devices, or on our homepage, www.therockmetalpodcast.com, .ca. You can see the lyric videos in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, then it'll be in the comments. Uh, not the comment section, but the information section down below. You can check out those lyric videos. Uh, we chatted about the album Mobocracy, the amazing production team, the amazing people over at Electric Talent Records. Um, we chatted about this year, plans that are coming up, obviously pending uh, vaccinations or the speed at which this whole thing evolves into... I don't know, the common flu or the common cold, which probably is going to be a lot longer than next summer. Now, is there anything else that you wanted to chat about that maybe I missed? No, I really appreciate you having me. And uh, Gabriel, it was nice to meet you and keep up the good work. Um, I want to just basically to make sure that everybody knows that uh, we're, we're all pulling together here to get everybody healthy and maybe in a year or so we can all get together safely that'd be fun i'm really looking forward to that yeah be be good times coming up ahead absolutely all right well thank you so much for coming on to the rock metal podcast today thanks john thanks gabe i'm gonna stop please